Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Joan Carney started Lily's Wearable Art. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local at indianaowned.com. Joan, I'm so excited to have you down here at the All Indiana Podcast Network studios. Thank you for joining me today. Well, you're welcome. I'm excited to do it. We've known each other for a few years now. You're like a mom to me, honestly. Like, I've learned so much from you just personally and in business, and I think you're going to have some great stories to say today. So I'm not putting a lot of pressure on you, but I do hope that you will share some of your best-kept secrets with us, and I just can't wait for listeners to get to know you if they haven't been to your shop in Zionsville yet. That'd be great. I love it. So you, let's start for those that aren't familiar with Lily's Wearable Art. Tell us what it is. Tell us about your store. Okay, Lily started when I needed to earn a living, and I decided that I would take chance on myself and put everything um, in a little ball and all the things that I thought maybe I could contribute And part of it was my love for art. Part of it was that I designed my own clothes in the fourth grade by necessity because I didn't like my sister's clothes and they were hand-me-downs. And so my mom was frugal and I said to my dad, please, could I sew my own clothes and not get the hand-me-downs? And so he went along with me, bought me a sewing machine and I paid for the material and I learned how to sew. So you have this store in Zionsville. You're on Main Street mm-hmm. in the Potpourri Building. Is that right? We are now. Yes. We are now. But your store started, you know, what, 30 years ago now? It was 30 years this year. And what was the name when you first opened your store? It was Lily's Boutique. Lily's Boutique. Right. So those listening, you may be familiar. You were in Zionsville for how long? We were in, well, in Zionsville. I think I took it home for five years um, as a break. And then I'm too social And I miss the artisans uh, on a regular day-to-day basis. And so anyway, so I decided I would start it up again. Yeah, so you had this store for decades in Zionsville. Then you did private shows out of your home. And then was it this year that you went back? Last year. I think we've been there a year, about a year and a half now. Right, and up the street in the Potpourri building. And uh, I still have the same passion I had when I started the store, and that was to help the artisans. Because when I was small, they used to say, what would Lily do with her talent? And I had to be a teacher, a nurse, because at that time, that's what you did, Mm -hmm. go to college. And then after that, um, you know, pursue a career of some sort, perhaps. But mostly I was meant to be a stay-at-home mom. So can we share your age or what year we're talking about here? Because I want people to understand that, you know, we're not talking to, you know, a 30-something-year-old, like, you have tons of experience, and honestly, people could never guess your age correctly, because your attitude, your look, like, nothing matches how old you are. Would you mind sharing your age? Um, i just say that I'm going to be this age forever. (laughs) (laughs) She's older than she sounds. I'll put it that way. I've often been told that I defy my age, but age is just a a number. It's just a number, right? That's it's all. not how you feel. That's right. And right? I feel like I still did when I was 20. So Yeah. 
I have energy, and I was called the Energizer Bunny for I don't know how long. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you probably still act like you're 20 sometimes, based on some <laughs> of the stories that I hear. But talk about what people would find in your store. Like, if we walked into Lily's, what would we see? Okay. We would see um, artware from small artisans as well as um, international artisans. And I made a, a point to use my air miles when I bought clothes for the store, and I shopped um, one country at a time, free. So I went over and learned all about the artists of Thailand, of as far as Uzbekistan. I even flew over there by myself to learn the work of the Suzani. So when they come in my store, they see the best of the best, in my estimation. Well, talk about what that is, because some people might not be familiar with wearable art. Okay, well, wearable art is timeless. Um, wearable art means that it's a creation of a gal who had a passion to design and then possibly learned the um, textile creations from their parents, from their grandparents, or something like that. And often we have award-winning people. Um, I was mentored by the best of the best, even one that did the White House wedding dress that I had no idea who I was talking to. And she took me under her wing and and just told me what to do, and I found out that what she told me was something I should be doing. Yeah, yeah. So you might have something that's you know handmade. Handmade. It could be a poncho with a famous art rendering on it. That's right. right? I mean, it's just, it's such a variety. Right, one-of-a-kinds, lots of one-of-a-kinds, and very affordable. I've been told lately um, over and over again that we didn't realize that you had such affordable clothes for everybody. And because they're timeless, you can appreciate spending your money on it because you'll get compliments. It's unique. You're not looking like everybody else. Maybe just your colors uh, that appeal to you and that you like to wear or something like that. And I'm a good guide because I've been mentored. I can mentor other people now. And you are supporting a lot of times individuals in their craft. That's my thrust. It was always, well, what was Lily going to do with her talent? And when I made a career out of my talent that wasn't supposed to make any money, I ended up supporting myself. You know, you talked earlier about, you know, getting your first sewing machine, you know, when you were in the fourth grade. But did you want to be a fashion designer when you grew up? I mean, what, what were your aspirations then? What did you, when you were in grade school, what did you want to be? Oh, gosh. I just wanted to sew my own clothes because my sister's clothes I didn't care for. Right. And what were the women around you doing at the time? I mean, were they mostly stay-at-home moms? Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, when I went to school, um, I think the most important thing was to marry and have children, and I wanted eight children. Eight children? Eight children. I was, I was a babysitter from day one. I babysat kids that were two years younger than I, and I wanted to be a mom of eight kids. So did you... I mean, did you get your MRS degree? Did you go to college to meet someone to marry? Well, I went to college to get um, an art history degree and an education degree as well. I went to Marymount in Terrytown, New York. So that was kind of far away and fun. Because you're from and, Milwaukee originally. Uh, yes. Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. So I was one of the only ones that went out east and, and uh, pursued an education degree so that I could be a stay-at-home mom and have eight kids. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right. So did you stay in New York or did you go back to no, Milwaukee? Where did you go from there? I went back to Milwaukee. I married. Um, I was a corporate wife. I was um, 
expect- what does that mean? Tell us what that okay, means. That means that you were the right hand of an executive and you knew how to entertain and you knew um, to be quiet when you're supposed to be quiet and, and active, you know, and play golf and do everything that your husband would want you to do. Go to the country clubs, you know, be social, entertain, cook. So knowing you now, I definitely see the entertaining part, but how did you do otherwise? I mean, was that a good fit for you? Yes, actually it was a good fit until I came to a roadblock and I decided that rather than be a corporate wife, I would divorce. Okay. Yeah, and so I had to take a chance on me. And then when I did that, I pretty much had to put all my ideas in one basket, and I decided that my passion was to help artisans because they didn't make as much money as like the attorneys and the CPAs and doctors Mm -hmm. and and all that. And I felt like because I was asked what was Lily going to do with her talent when I was younger, then it made sense to start something that I could use my talent in. And I love people, and I wanted to learn all about it. That's why I wanted to go all over the world to see what they were doing in the fashion department for every country that I went to. And I went to over 30 countries. What was it like to open your first store? Scary. (laughs) In fact, the first lady that came into my store the very first day, she came in, she looked around, and I thought it looked really cute. And she said, oh, my God, Zionsville has a Halloween shop. (gasps) (laughs) Really? Really. That was the first, and I think I went back and gave up my lunch. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What did you say to her? (laughs) I didn't know what to say. (laughs) Wow. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I better work hard. (laughs) Well, I mean, was she right in a way, or did she just not understand what you were doing? She had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to help artisans. Um, I used students to decorate my store. Uh, my friends were talented in the same way I was, and so we put it all together, and I got really excited about it because it was unlike anything else that was, you know, in the Midwest at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so I was so determined. I, I was called the Energizer Bunny working all the time trying to make it work. Yeah. And, and then I had some very famous people help me, and, and in fact, one of them said... Um, you better listen to me because I'll put you on the map. And she said, what makes you think I want my work in your store? (laughs) And I was taken back, and I thought, well, I guess she has a lot of confidence, so I'm Mm -hmm. going to listen to her. So I found out that she did the President Reagan's daughter's wedding dress for the White House wedding, and she was giving me all these ideas, and I said, sure, I'm going to do it. I said, you just give me more. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So... So you go from that first customer who walks in and says, this is a Halloween store, to here you are 30 years later, right, still doing the same thing. What was it like in those first few years introducing the community to this new style, and how are you putting those fashions out there? Well, I was originally from Milwaukee, and when I went to Indianapolis or Zionsville, um, I didn't know anybody. So I decided the way to do this was to put on the fashion shows for nonprofits, because it was a win-win. It was a win for them, it was a win for me. So I became the fashion show coordinator for all, all kinds of events. We did the 500, we did Prevail, we did um, Indianapolis Symphonies, we did uh, one after the other. And it was very energizing, but also very, um, you know, you had to be energetic to do mm-hmm. it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of grew my business. Let's fast forward mm-hmm. quite a few years. Mm-hmm. What what was the reasoning behind shutting down the brick and mortar store and moving it to your house? Okay, well, at that time I had a big challenge and that was that I had a civil rights suit and um and it I had to defend it. It cost me $7,000 to exonerate myself. And then I had a lot of shoplifting at the time and the store was so big I couldn't you know cover it all and it was mostly happened on the days that I was off. So uh, that was kind of enough, and um, then I decided I'd take a break. Yeah. And so I did take it home, and I continued to work. Uh, in fact, even doing shows and things like that and featuring artists at my house. And I had a good following. And when, when I closed that store at that time, um, I had said, um, how many people do you think are on our mailing list? And the gal that was in charge said, um, how many do you think? And I said, probably about 1,000, I said. And she said, oh, no, Joan, she said, 10,000. I was, I couldn't believe it. Wow. Yes, but of course, you know, 30 years later, you don't have the same clients that you did, you know, before. But from the fashion shows and things, I just kept building on clientele and and I couldn't do enough events. You know, it it took a lot of energy. So you made the decision to go back to Zionsville, reopen your store. Right. I mean, were you welcomed with open arms? What was that like? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It was exciting. Yeah. It was like, where have you been? Oh, that's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so awesome. We still do the fashion shows. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen your name yeah. on quite a few things. Yeah. I still go to all the art shows. I just got back from the International Art Market in Santa Fe and I picked up a line from Turkey, leather work from Turkey and one of a kinds and things like that that always excite me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you love doing interior designing or interior decorating as well, too. I actually did that uh, as a part-time person uh, after I divorced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was always good in interior design, anything artsy, anything that had to do with design and fabric and sewing and, and draperies or whatever. Yeah. Joan, what motivates you to keep doing what you do now? I have too much energy. You'd get bored? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ever bored. <laughs> I don't want to be bored. <laughs> yes. So I will continue to help artisans. Uh, even if I would close the store, I would still, um, you know, work in that field or whatever. I will never stop. And yes, my mother lived to be 94 and a half. She was a brittle diabetic for over 60 years, and she never died of diabetes. And she, I got her genes. Well, I've never known you to slow down the entire time I've known you either, so I can't wait to see what you have ahead. Coming up, the challenges and successes Joan has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.Gifts. Every product you see on there from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks. 
send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code LOVELOCAL at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Joan Carney of Lily's Wearable Art, who started her business, Lily's Boutique, in 1992. Real quick, what year did you move to Indianapolis? I moved to the Indianapolis area in 1989. Where does the name Lily come from? Well, that's a fun question. Um, I had an uncle who, I was his favorite, and he, he and I just bonded and he never had any children of his own, and um, I used to run into his arms when I was a little kid, and we continued that kind of thing until I was, you know, a teenager and beyond. And uh, he told my father that I was named the wrong name. I should have been a lily. (laughs) (laughs) And from that point on, half my family started calling me lily, and the other half was Joan. Wow. Yeah. And people still call you Lily today. Right. Half of my family is Lily. The rest of it's Joan. Joan, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner? Keeping track of money. I was pretty good at it. I was raised to be frugal. And so I think just the the fact that there's so much to do with my talent that, and I didn't have, I could add and subtract or whatever, but to run a business, I had to have the other side that has more talent than I do, and there are plenty of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they all, you know, pitched in and helped me and knew what I wanted to do and were fully behind me. So yeah. that worked. Well, especially with inventory, too. You know, like there's so many different factors that go into running a store. Yes. I mean, was it was it difficult to open a store? Sure, because I was from Milwaukee, and I didn't know anybody. I was working for Stacy LeBoltz, and... That just hap- didn't happen to be the art- arty aspect that I, you know, really wanted to be. And so when I started it, I didn't know people except for the country club people. And I, I just had to get out there and, you know, toot my own horn, I guess, through the fashion shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard work. It still is hard work. Yeah. But I thrive on it. I, I enjoy it. And I know that I'm helping other people and they're helping me at the same time. So what? What's better than that? Joan, one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs seem to have in common is that, you know, they, they go through really tough things or they get, they get through hard times. And, you know, you kind of expressed, you know, that you had to, you know, take care of yourself. You opened your own store. But I'm sure you've been through tough things before that. You know, like what is – do you have a story or something that you can share that just encourages people to just keep pushing through? I can say that um, when I was single um, and dating, 1981, I went through, I was the victim of an arson fire. And there was an arsonist that set fire to my home while my boys and myself were in it. And I was, should not ever have survived. I had to f- jump out a third-story window and I broke my back, and I didn't think I was ever going to see again. My eyes were, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so. And your boys were okay, right? My boys were okay. And today people say, oh, how lucky you were. And I think to myself, oh, God bless me. Um, and I was as lucky as I could possibly be because I worked that hard, and I had a passion to give back because my life was spared not only to mother my children, but to save my own life and to get back on a normal path. I just want to 
re-emphasize, I just want to emphasize this. You jumped out of a third story window. Two and a half. Oh, my goodness. Two and a half stories. I landed on my back in the middle of the night. We had a, a, I was on the front page of the Milwaukee uh, thing as a survivor of a, you know, of an arson fire. Wow. determined it was arson. And I had to watch every second of my life after that until it got better and better. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a wow. People wouldn't know that, I think, unless I shared it with somebody, and I didn't share it with a lot of people because I overcame it. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, that's really, I mean, it just helps put things in perspective, really. So, I mean, no wonder you're so thankful for every single day. And no wonder I work as hard as I do for other people, too, because I never, I should have been a blind paraplegic, and I never turned out that way. Wow. Like, I have goosebumps just listening to that. Yeah. My goodness. So opening a store, probably not the hardest thing you've ever done then. Oh, not at all. (laughs) What is something you would do differently knowing what you know now? Anything? Oh, perhaps do less physical things, uh, create more... um, Ideas to get people together that maybe don't uh, require lifting, mm-hmm. you know, because the fashion shows are quite um, strenuous physically. Yeah. And so I would try to create more ideas. And I did start doing that by having um, people from church invited to the store um, so that I would give a percentage back. And I would like to do that more um, with different, you know, organizations mm-hmm. so that they could come to me instead of. Um, having to do the fashion shows, although I love doing the fashion yeah, shows. So. But you're packing up all of that clothing, you're packing up the racks, you're That's packing right. up everything that you need, putting it in the van, driving it to where you need to go. Then you have to unload it, set mm-hmm. it all up, and then just do the reverse. That is a lot of work. Oh, yes. Yes, it's a lot of physical work. So it's probably good that I don't do that much anymore of that type of thing, but I sure uh, can give a fashion show off the cuff. Mm-hmm. I can talk about my experiences and my enthusiasm carries it on. And yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, you like people guessing how old you are, don't you? Sure, because they never guess right, do they? Not too often. What has been the most rewarding part about being a business owner? Being able to support myself by doing what I love to do, and also I saw the world. When I was in Thailand, I remember crossing the street, and, and beside me was a man that was walking next to me, and he had no nose. His whole face was burned. Um, he had a smile on his face, and I, I just froze, and I walked 10 feet ahead of him and said, oh, my God, that could have been me, and what would I have done with the boys? And so I went back and gave him something out of my wallet, and I started crying. I have so many reminders of how blessed I am. When I look back on it, I, I have a home, two wonderful children, and I thank God for that every day. Yeah, and I got to meet a lot of very interesting people, including the top number one from, um, that was Anneke Karvinen from Finland. I got to do a trip from her, and I, I learned from every one of the the top ones, and I try to listen to the ones that make sense to me to, to do the next thing. You always has to, you have to reinvent yourself. 
let, let's go back to that. So you were a corporate wife, right? Mm-hmm. You were doing the entertaining, the schmoozing, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned at the beginning, you know, you had to go through a divorce, mm-hmm. right? And you found yourself needing to support yourself and your kids. I mean, what was that time in your life like? Well, I just took one day at a time, I think. And when I started the store, it just made sense to me to keep going. I, I, did, I didn't have to support the children all by myself, but I needed to earn a living so that when that cut off, that I could be a happy camper mm-hmm. using my talent and my energy. What would you tell others that want to start their own business? What do you want them to know? Think about what they're good at. Think about what they can contribute so that they get satisfaction from what they do personally as well as, and I think this is important to anybody, to give back. You have to give back. If you don't give back, you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're not fulfilling yourself and you're not, you know, working for the community or, you know, whatever you are doing, you, it has to be a two-way street. So it's a give and a take. And then you get satisfaction from it. And the more you have that, the more friends you get, the more out there you are, the happier you get, and the harder you work. Well, that, it takes hard work. It does take hard work. It mm-hmm. does. And that may answer this next question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Okay. Why does supporting local and being known as Indiana-owned matter to you? Well, I came here not knowing anybody, really, except the country club situation. And I think it's important that local people support local people because they pass the word, they're, they're, they advertise for each other, they, they're enthusiastic about their city, um, just like, like your work. You're, you're, you're enthused. Yeah. 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 Oh, like I love now, what I do every day. I know you do, and it shows. And it keeps you keep on to the next idea, and, and uh, I think it helps the community a lot. It gets the community involved, and you get to know the people. And I certainly, you know, I had 10,000 people that I met that I would never have met before. And I think that they tell other people, and it just snowballs. Anything fun coming up that we should know about? I would like to tell people that I am going to be having a a trunk show for the number one uh, Japanese lady that does one-of-a-kind pieces, and she was, um, she sold 100 pieces in Santa Fe when I was there in one day. She has an amazing talent to put uh, jackets together that are reversible the old-fashioned way with colors and whatever, and I re-met her in... I was so excited because she gave me a fashion show that we're going to do the end of October, and we will have 100 pieces from her, and it was thrilling to be, what should I say, included in her, you know, her calendar or whatever, because it's a busy schedule, and she's, yeah. she's number one in her business, so it, it's terribly exciting. You've brought so much great work to our community. I mean, you really showcase talent from all over the world, and some local people too, right? It's just it's yes. this big mix. You have a great eye, and I just can't wait for people to walk into your store and see what you do. So besides IndianaOwned.com, where do we find out more about you, and how do we support your business? Well, we just got a new website, LiliesWearableArt.com, and I've got lots of pictures and stories on there and whatever, so you can go to that. Okay, and, and watch for us 
on Fox 59, where is Sherman? He's coming to the store on uh, Monday, next Monday. Sherman yes, he's, from Fox 59. Yes, and he's coming on Monday to interview and to show the store. So tune in to him. That would be great time. And um, anyway, outside of that, just come to the store. And what's the address? The address is 110 North Main Street. We're in the old Potpourri building. And it's easy to find, but we're up the street a little bit from the main hub uh, of Pine and Main. Yeah. Well, it's worth those extra few steps. Joan Carney, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. And thanks so much, Mel. She's my daughter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana-owned and Indiana Gifts. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Find local businesses near you or get your business certified local at indianaowned.com. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local now at indianaowned.com.